Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Each week we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. The chance conversation with the famous Epi Epstein led me to Derek Adam. What a wonderful rockin' guy and singer-songwriter. You're going to enjoy this episode so much. He has so much to offer. He's really a rising star. Let's check out his song, The Circle.
Hey, everybody, this is Steve Yusko. I am really excited about my guest tonight, Derek Adam. It kind of culminated after a wacky phone call with a well-known venue operator uh, named Epi Epstein. And I was talking to Epi, and I just got to set this up because it's it's strange how it came together. I was talking to Epi about the uh, podcast to potentially be a guest, and um, he was a little bit curmudgeoned about uh, uh, podcasts and, and the, what's changing in the music industry. But lo and behold, Kismet kind of came along and he said, hey, if you really want to have somebody as a guest, you got to get Derek Adam. He's an up-and-coming guy. He's a really great songwriter. And you know what? Coming from Epi Epstein, that carries weight because Epi uh, introduced a lot of people to the Long Island Sound, not the podcast, but in general uh, in the in the days. And he still maintains uh, my father's place, uh, reborn again at the Metropolitan, uh, which is a great thing. So the one thing in listening to Derek Adam this morning on my drive to work, because I always do a little bit of a homework, is, man, this guy's a rocker and he's diverse. So with that, I welcome you, Derek Adam, to the Long Island Sound Podcast. Great to have you here. Steve, thank you so much for having me, man. It's a total pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, what's interesting, I, I spoke to your uh, producer, Kyle, and we, we kind of set this up, I think, within a week or so. And uh, yep. so just give me, you know, uh, give me some history. What I'm always curious about is, did you come from a musical family? When did you pick up uh, an instrument? And when did you realize, hey, this is this is where, what I want to, uh, this is what I love to do. And this is what I want to do. When did that happen for you? Yeah, that is, um, that is an awesomely loaded question. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to combat my you know, run off into the sunset with a huge explanation brain. And I'm going to try to give you the short but concise answers. So excellent. Um, yeah, so my f it's kind of cool. So my my mother um, has relatives, I have extended family on my mother's side of the family that, um, you know, whether it was grade school played a horn or, or some piano skill, my grandfather was a great organ player that I found out much later in life. So wow. she had Yeah, so she had, um, she had a bit of I got some influence from her side of the family in a more, I guess you could say, a more schooled uh, fashion, you know, um, okay. the literacy, the musical, you know. And then I have my father who taught himself everything he knows, and he just maybe took two lessons in his life. Um, he learned everything by ear. Uh, incredible harmonica player, and I can't play that thing to save my life. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's always the one thing I, you know, I uh, let him bust my balls about. No, but he's, yeah, he was, he got me started um, they both got me started with an instrument, um, as early as third grade, um, oh, with, with man. the viola, which was an experience, but, um, I didn't, that didn't last long, but, uh, but yeah, th so third grade, I picked up my first instrument. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, there's envy that's running through my veins right now. It's like, oh, I wish I had parents like that. <laughs> Although I love my, <laughs> I love my parents. I mean, <laughs> sure, yeah. They they love they love music and I I played begrudgingly I played the piano as a young man and and never woodshedded that instrument and then I gravitated to the guitar which was just a lot of fun I support and, that uh, so so were you a theory guy like did you get the theory at first or like how did that kind of roll into your life Yeah so uh, so 
I guess just to like a side note. So basically, how my my progression of instrument learning per se, uh, how how it kind of took off in school. I played the viola for one year, and then fourth grade, at least in I think they do this in a lot of school districts. In my school district, you couldn't take band until you were in fourth grade, so you couldn't take okay. up a, a band instrument. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but I took up trumpet. I just I gravitated towards the trumpet. Um, my father's grandfather was a trumpet player and had a silver. So as a little kid, I'm like, Ooh, this is different. He had a silver engraved, like the, the bell was all engraved. It was this antique of an instrument. And that kind of inspired me to pick up the trumpet, which I played through all of high school. So I, I, okay. I yeah. And, and I picked up the guitar when I was 10 and that influence came from half from my father and half from listening to like my first version you'd say of a rock band you know i um good charlotte simple plan early 2000s i was like in fifth grade and i'm like oh my god these girls love this music i gotta pick up a guitar so that's kind of like what happened more or less when i was 10 10 11 years old i got my first guitar wow wow so uh, where'd you grow up what town i grew up in utica new york well whitesboro which is a small town outside of utica so from long island depending on where you are in the island where i'm at it's about four four hours north Yep, actually, a good uh, my late friend Jim Esposito is from Utica. Uh, I oh, remember no Matt's beer was was a famous brewery up there, and uh, the big joke was it's so cloudy up in Utica that if you had a skin condition, that's where you would go to spend the rest of your life. So no offense, but uh, please, none taken. None that's 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 the Utica that's the Utica joke. So so in Utica, when did when did your family or you migrate down to to Long Island? I have been down here. I want to say. I mean, we're approaching April. Yeah, it will be seven years uh, on April 2nd that I've been down here. And I'm the only one of my family down here. Gotcha. Yep. That's why I don't detect a Long Island accent, which is probably to your advantage. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at that point, now we heard, we heard coming into uh, the program, we heard your song, The Circle. And I'm interested in that point, how does this happen with an artist and musician where they learn their craft trumpet, you know, you, you, you're multi-talented in, in, with different instruments. When did it hit you to say, I want to write music or I can write music or, you know, when, when did that happen? That's a great question. Wow. Um, that's, that's an incredible question, you know, cause you, you kind of, you kind of forget yourself. I think, hmm. you know, I, I think, well, I, I don't even think I answered your previous question. So um, I, I, I would say I am pretty significantly learned in music theory. Um, okay. I, start, I started taking music theory as soon as I could in high school. Um, and that's when I actually kind of fell into taking choir, which I didn't want to do that. I never wanted to sing. Um, I was petrified mm. to say boo in a, on a microphone, let alone actually even play a guitar solo for anybody. So I was a pretty shy kid. Um, but I got addicted to... I don't want to say addicted to theory, but just almost like a theory within a theory where it's like just the, the unders, like, like the demystification, um, just the fur, like you, you get so deep into a song where like, you know, if I, I, I teach as well. So I have young students that I'm like, mm-hmm. did you hear that right there? And like, what do you mean? Cause, cause you, you stop listening to a song as one whole thing. And then you start listening to it as like eight, five to 10 different sounds at once happening because your your ears just get so it's like they're like a muscle and um i took that with me to college i went to crane music school up in potsdam where i studied music business and i studied classical and jazz guitar up there 
Mm. So that musical, that theoretical knowledge I had um, and the literacy that I got from playing trumpet um, really gave me an edge, not much of one, but a little bit of an edge because a lot of guitarists going into the collegiate level, they couldn't read music. You know, we, right. what, what did we, what did we do? We learned tabs, we listened by ear, but it was through that and starting to get into bands and playing with people. And I guess just kind of searching for my own style that after I learned enough, um, I got addicted to just the idea of, um, putting a smile on someone's face when they hear something that I created. I've always sure. been a creative person. I was an artist at a very young age and unfortunately I didn't carry that into my adulthood but i think the creativity has always been there and there's just a feeling i get um one when you get that section just right how you want it and then you take all those sections and you actually get a chance to perform a song and someone's like hey that was amazing that's whether it's one person or a thousand people that to me there's no better feeling so um right i mean yeah. you, you you hit a couple of points one one the need to be creative um, which, which is, is really kind of a driving force. And, and then the intrigue with the theory aspect of it, I got to ask you this and I have, sure. a, I have a theory. I have a theory. Are you really good at math? <laughs> so I was up until okay. a certain level in high school where I had to start actually doing, I had to start doing the homework and studying for the tests. You know, once it became, I think like that pre-calculus really getting complex. Um, yeah, I, I, I rode the, um, you know, barely do the homework, not studying, getting decent test scores up until that level. And then I just, I had no desire. It, it was rough to get me to do homework. You know, I was able, fortunately, I was able to kind of just ride on a good memory and, uh, and things of that nature. Yeah. So I guess I'm yeah, okay. So that's, that's of, of people that I've met, particularly very intricate guitarists. And of, I'm thinking about, guys that I knew from high school, they were like AP guys. They were, you know, they were in the smart class. But <laughs> by the way, when I went to school, there were three levels. I went to Catholic school, uh, the dumb class, the middle class, and, and the, 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 the ones who were destined for college, you know, <laughs> I was, uh, I was in the middle, which scarred me for life, but that that's, you know, that's like, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. No, no, it's okay. So it's, so, so it really developed for you. Now, did it come, right? This is, this is a question that everybody asks, I think. Yeah. Uh, lyrics or melody first for you? That's another great question. Um, so I, I, You know what? I got a shitload of great questions, and I'm not even hitting the really great ones. So I'm just... telling you, man, I'm really loving it. <laughs> so I'm all ears. Um, ly <laughs> lyrics or melody is a great question, and I think the most honest answer I could give, and I think the most honest answer a lot of artists could give, is that it really just depends... And on the moment, you know, I can think of songs okay. right off the bat that um, maybe I started with a verse like like just 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 punching out a few lines. I'm, um, you know, on my phone, in my notes, I do a lot of stuff in my notes or if I think of words that go well together, I might, you know, just just to save it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think. I will say with two. Maybe even three three actually no I, I guess i guess if you had a pie graph maybe i write riffs first you know okay um but i guess you're, you're i i kind of went off a little bit but you're you're talking melody specifically well i'm not that specific i'm just whether it's words or music that come really. well 
I think I think that's ever changing with me because you know you, okay. you, you, I, I love when I get a chance to like watch interviews of my favorite musicians and then some that aren't my favorite that I, and, and I remember one thing I saw Paul McCartney, um, mm-hmm. you know how, oh no sorry it wasn't Paul McCartney I was close George Harrison, and someone was asking him about how he writes his songs, and I'm going to follow this up with a really important point regarding theory I'll come back to that but he okay. was just like yeah he's like I just kind of play what I feel what I hear. And I start humming a melody, you know, and then, you know, he just, he, he just, if the melody fits, then he kind of layers the words on top. I might actually be mixing him and Paul up because I think both of them, you know, there was a song that I think Paul was just like throwing, you know, just nonsense lyrics, nonsense words, right. To, just to, to get to through fill it. in. Yeah. Yep, we so, were talking about that the other day. That's a really good strategy too. When you're, when you're getting stuck, you know, I get stuck all the time, but, uh, but right, yeah, right. so I really think it just depends. You could be struck with one melody while you're driving in the car. You could be grinding on your instrument at home and you're like, I love this riff. What can I sing over it? So. Hey, listen, I gotta, I gotta tell our audience something. So I listened to your music on the way into work this morning, a couple a few times. And I, I'm, I'm very honest with you. I was blown away by the structure of the songs and particularly the guitar playing. And I'm thinking to myself, cause I'm sometimes I go negative. I'm like, it can't be him, you know, cause he really playing the guitar, but you've laid down, you lay the baseline, the guitar. I mean, your guitar playing is really something. And, and anybody really likes good rock music or leans. And I don't like to tie anybody into a particular genre. The first guy that came to my mind in listening to your guitar playing was Eddie Van Halen, an Eddie Van Halen-esque uh, uh, approach on a couple of things. But you know what? It created a curiosity in me and go, I want to hear a hell of a lot more songs from this guy because oh, that's cool. I want to know I want to know what Derek's sound is. You know, um, I, sp- I spoke to another guy and we we're talking about my friend Mike Nugent and he was very complimentary about Mike and he said, you know what? Mike's the kind of guitar player that you can hear his music and know it's Mike playing. Now, that brings me to a question. One, how did you develop your sound? And two, this is, this is, see, the questions get really tough now. How did you develop your sound? And how did you develop your voice? And what I mean, not your vocal cords, but the Derek sound, I guess, in, in okay. how you sing. Like tonality, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, to be honest with you, and maybe other people have this, I struggle, I'm freaking 61 years old, and I still struggle to grab that first note when I'm I'm playing a song. You know, I'm learning a song. It's like, oh, son of a bitch, you know, and, and then you go back over it, and then then you you uh, develop those neural pathways to go, oh, yeah, that's where, that's where, that's where that note is. I have non-perfect pitch, okay, so I have, I struggle with it, so anyway. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So um, first question was developing my, my guitar sound in terms of tone specifically or just overall? You tell me. Style? I just OK, cool. Um, so this is interesting because I've always been very impressed with the tone geeks, uh, tone geek guitar idols of mine, because as, as much as I'd like to say, I have a fairly acute ear um, mm-hmm. that and the, the sound engineering, the EQs, the you know um oh cut the mids scoop the mids you know all the tra- like that's the, i i i feel very much 
in I'm still in the neophyte stage of that. You know, in terms okay. of my tone, um, I guess I come from a place where just happenstance. I've always tried to get the most out of what was in front of me, which was never very much. Um, okay. So, you know, I think about, uh, yeah, my progression as a, as a player, I really was never super pedal heavy. Um, I just really tried to, and I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just like, and then I just was like, I like this. I'm like, and, and I kind of, I guess, trusted my ear, which I honestly wish I would do more often when it comes to the songwriting process. Cause that I would like, you know, pull my hair out. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is just, this just isn't the part, you know, but right. T- tonally, I'm just like, all right, this sounds badass, you know, or, 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 and then I think that comes with a subconscious modeling after who really tickles my fancy as a player in terms of tone, you know, okay. uh, cause I, I'd like to say all my favorite players have just the juiciest tone ever, whether they're playing clean or they have a, a ripping guitar solo. Um, yeah, I am a big overdrive fan. This is where okay. I'm going to, I'm going to reach my ceiling as far as how much I know in terms of these things, but I am not, a, I'm not as big on distortion as I am overdrive when it comes to my solo playing. Um, I just like that. It has a more, it just it's it's crisp you can i just like clarity in my notes and i really try to emulate that in any sort of technical whatever i'm doing you know in addition to me just being able to execute it properly i want the tone to reflect that you know right um, yeah let and, me and it, let me interrupt you for a minute because you you know it's funny it's like i learned guitar late right and yeah. there's a lot of pedals out there right oh so many and, it's and there's this misnomer of Instead of and I'm 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 self-analyzing here because that's what I do. It's not by the way, this is not about you, Derek. It's totally about Steve Yusko. Okay, perfect. I use you as a vehicle to self-analyze. Perfect. But but you get to that point where you know you, you go into, you know, Sam Ash or Guitar Center or whatever, or you can look at Sweetwater and going, Yeah, that pedal will make me sound really good. <laughs> and and right, big big misnomer, but you're, you've done the opposite, you know. If if you have a sparse pedal field, I don't yeah. know what the hell you call it, board, and you're not dicking around with that stuff, and you're woodshedding what you're doing naturally, who you know, you can put anything on top of that afterwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's yeah. You kind of nailed it. Um, one thing I don't know when this started, but one thing I started doing a lot, and I think I've been doing this for several years now, is practicing everything clean or unplugged um, okay any any technical thing i do and and technical meaning i know that that word can be kind of misconstrued i don't mean dazzling a million notes just my overall technique like how good is that vibrato how good is that one bend you know it doesn't have to be oh this flurry of you know 30 second notes blah 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 but any technical work that i do i try to really how good can i get it to sound before i even plug the thing in or okay. what i'll do a lot is and i don't do recently i haven't done it a lot but i used to do this all very much at our last last place i lived at for whatever reason it was right in front of me i play a lot of my acoustic a lot sure. of my acoustic and i tried to play as much on that acoustic as i did on my electric and that i felt like was very rewarding because that's a pedalist thing you know for in most cases an acoustic guitar is you know that's the sound you know you're not really right. going to try to distort that too much but um yeah i th- i think just stripping it down because you can always add, like you said, you can always throw things on top, but if at your core, if you're really, really getting the message across, it's to me just icing on cake, cherry on top, any sort of effects you add. 
Right. And then, you know, it is when you when you've done the song like that and then you fully develop it to whatever nuance and instruments you put in it, you still have that position where you can go out by yourself and still deliver the song on on acoustic and very true and feel true to it without, I would think, doing the reverse. Of, you know, how do I do the unplugged after I've done it just like that? You know, this yeah. is in my this is in my mind. Hey, let's yeah. do this, Derek. Let's take a quick break. Because I have to think up harder questions because you're answering them too well. And, uh, <laughs> it's too kind. And um, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about um, the development of the circle. I don't want to know what it means. I, I'd rather leave that to the audience. I think that. But I'm interested in, in that, how that developed. Hey, everybody, we're going to be back with Derek Adams. There's so much. I just got a good feeling. There's a lot to learn from Derek. So, Derek, I'm getting a free lesson out of you. Whether you like it. <laughs> Stick good, with man. us, everybody. We'll be right back. At the Long Island Sound, we're much more than a podcast. We're building a community. Please go to gigdestiny.com, check out all our social media links, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please comment, call the listener line, tell us what you think, what questions we should ask, who we should have on the show. And most of all, we thank you for your generous support. And remember, support the artists who are guests on the show. Now back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back. Well, we're with this guy, Derek. I don't know. He seems pretty bright. He's a phenomenal guitar player. I'm setting low expectations, Derek, so they get oh, wild. Man, you're being hear. way too kind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? It's I, I was talking to one of my guests. I said, this is like speed dating because we haven't really met in person, you know? <laughs> And we got got to get a feel of you know. By the way, it's a, I'm enjoying our conversation together already. Oh, 100. You know, a, a short period of time, uh, so it's not painful. Uh, not that I, you know, the only painful. Well, I won't even go into that. Um, <laughs> before we went to the break, tell me how um, the first song that our audience heard, "The Circle." How did that come about to you? You know, when did you write it? That sort of thing. I'm curious about it. Yeah, that. Uh... So this this was something this is kind of cool. I um because I it was very vivid, like the moment I started writing this song. It's very clear and, and not a lot of things, you know. I have a great memory, but like like to close my eyes and I can see. So I shortly after I moved down here, um I was working at a I guess you could call it like an after school uh music and art school. Okay. You know, so like an after after hours kind of thing for private lessons. You know, I was like one of their one of their uh, guitar and band instructors for a short time. Okay. And I was doing some substitute work at a different one of their locations on the South Shore. And I had a break in between students and I just had my acoustic with me and I was just just kind of vamping on some just random shit, for lack of mm -hmm. better words. And I just kind of stumbled on one riff that I actually really like. It wasn't as convincing in the moment as I guess it is now. I'm just kind of like, eh, really? This is all you got? And I kept, <laughs> and I kept vamping on it. And then I just, you know, it, it, the the lyrics were very reflective of my time, time, uh, the time of my life, you know, in like that moment. And I just, it was a very, like, I was just kind of having a conversation in the mirror. And that's, a, that's kind of like at least what the first chunk of lyrics, like that day, you know, I wrote a good chunk of that song. And it mm. was just me, me on a stool with my acoustic guitar. And I just was vamping on this riff and I just kind of fell into a groove. And man, I wish it was that easy every time when it gets to writing a song. But 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 yeah, um, but that's that's what happened. That's what happened with it. And then I took those ideas. I, I put them into my computer and then I was like, OK, how do I want this to sound right? Yeah. But um, but that's definitely the inception of the song. 
So one of the things I'm enamored about people who can write music is one, exposing yourself, being very transparent about motions and things you may have gone through. Many people write in the first person. You know, I'll, the extreme mm -hmm. for me is Taylor Swift. That's why we never <laughs> dated because I was really fearful of the breakup. Um, oh, man. You'd be immortalized. <laughs> how creepy is that? Me and Taylor Swift. All right. It's a fantasy, but okay. She's too tall. I'm too tall. <laughs> but do you, in going into writing, is there something in your mind early in developing the muse? Well, let's talk about lyrics that you may decide, hey, this is what I felt and I need to express it. Or this is a character and a storyline I want to develop. Where does it where does it run for you? That's really cool. Um, I know I'm sounding like a broken record. These are all really great questions. So broken totally record, good pun. Them. Excellent. I like it. Run I'm really, with it. I'm really enjoying these. So um, <laughs> I'm just, I guess right now I'm just kind of scrolling through my Rolodex of the songs I have written. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of my own personal experiences so I guess more of that first person kind of vibe or it's me, I guess, or somewhere it's like I'm talking to you, you know, about a situation. It could be a societal thing, you know, like what's going on around us. So right. I guess the narrative kind of changes. Um, the circle is 100 percent me just kind of venting, you know, that's definitely uh, that's that's certainly what that song is about. But yeah, it changes. And it's I like that question because I, I think about that a lot. I want to make sure I, I'm I guess I'm the kind of individual where I don't like to do the same thing too much. Right. I, I, I have a fear of that, like, um, you know, just not 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 um, monotony, but just just predictive, I guess, predictability. And sometimes it's to a fault. But but yeah, I always think, OK, what's the perspective? You know, and then I think to myself, all right. And then I get crazy and I'm like, all right, how many songs have you written? Just I, 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 and I'm like, change it up, you know, and then that might even spark a different idea entirely. Right. I, I look at that when I write an email, when, when I, when <laughs> I start a sentence with I, it's like, here I go again, but I'm my, I'm my favorite subject. So and I got that going for me, but you know, it, it, to be honest with you, I'm looking at your song titles, the road I know kind of spurred that question on Yeah. for me. Um, and that's the next song I want to, uh, I want to expose to, to the audience, the road I know. So tell us a little bit about that. And then let's just, just jump right into that song and let, sure. you know, cause you know, this music's, I heard Springsteen had a great line, you know, this music is like sex, you know, it's, it's better demonstrated than talked about, you know? <laughs> so. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that. Um, yeah. So this is cool too, because the road I know is, an entirely different song than the circle. You know, the circle is this four on the floor, really rocking song. Uh, the energy is pretty high from start to finish. You know, it's got some um, very intricate little just blips of this kind of progressive influence I had uh, okay. from from some. You know, but I but I tried to, to try to keep a mainstream, and I guess that's a, that's something that we could kind of go into another time a little bit later. But that would be that'd be something fun to talk about. Um, but. The Road I Know is also pretty vivid, the inception of that song. So this was after Kyle and I met. Um, and um, I explain did, who Kyle is for those who don't know. Right. Sorry. Kyle's my Kyle's my manager. He is uh, he is uh, an incredible partner. And uh, he yeah, he's my chief consult and everything. He's and an accomplished definitely. artist himself, from what I understand. 
Yeah, yeah. He's got a history with uh, with Luke Bryan, and he's yeah, absolutely. He's um, definitely a Renaissance man, full of many skills, of which I try to take advantage of as much as possible. So, nice. um, but yeah, so this was this was shortly after we met, and um, yeah, we were just kind of collaborating on some some moves to make and um, and some ideas of hey, like let's just try, let's just throw everything at the wall and see if something sticks. So uh, let's kind of diversify like what I was writing a little bit. So okay. it kind of it kind of gave me a challenge to I don't want to say think outside the box entirely because this song is definitely a part of like that the, the road I know is a genre which I do very much enjoy listening to that very much more low key uh singer-songwriter acoustic stripped down, you know, I feel like any guy that's a rocker you can't just listen to that all day. You know, there's, you have your, everybody's got their moments where you totally flip the switch. Right you now. Yeah. So it was after like, you know, two or three tequilas and it was late <laughs> and I just played, you know, just a couple chords on my acoustic, threw it on my, um, in, in my uh, computer. And I came up, I think with the first verse and that was it. And I just sent it over to, him. and I'm like, Hey, I'm just kind of messing around. And he's like, this is, he, he was just like, this is insane. He's, where did this come from? He's like, this is awesome. So, right. um, so that was obviously a major confidence boost in me to, to get it finished. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with that song. That song is probably one of my most personal songs I've ever written. Um, and yeah, I just always, you know, as it says in the title, it really just hits home every time I sing it. So let's, let's, you notice you, you've, you've, you baited the audience. They're intrigued, and now they want to hear it. <laughs> great, great. So everybody, let's listen to The Road I Know, and uh, we've got so much more to cover. We'll be back with Derek Adam. Check out the song. I never saw it coming, hitting me right in the heels. And now everything is changing, tell me how I should feel. Mama said she'd love me No matter where I go And my dad, he said, son Sometimes in life We take the hardest road And that's where I'll go Yeah, that's where I'll go I'll climb every stone I'll do it alone long as I know I'll make it back home You were always a friend to me Saw the light that I couldn't see All the things that we've done Has it only just begun All I know is that I Time will tell what my fate will be Feel the heat of the sun And I'm not the only one Sleepless nights, sunken eyes And my knuckles are bruised and white Take your time, maybe your words But they're not mine And that's where I'm Climb every stone, I'll do it alone. 
everyone we are back great song uh it really kind of shows the depth of of what you do and really and, and i said this before but it really um piques my curiosity to say what else what else can this guy do uh you know and that i guess that's the things that make me want to uh learn more hear an artist more see see them live and say wow this was kind of cool and you t- I, I, before we jump into a few things here you did touch on something which I also find interesting as well is is you don't want to be predictable, particularly when you're playing songs. Um, and I, I can't imagine artists who have such a huge repertoire of like, yeah, I've got to play that for the 10,000th time and yeah. still look like I'm enjoying doing it. You know? Yeah, that's that 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 takes a, a lot of skill. I, I would uh, yeah. Think. But I, oh, you know, yeah. I find that with questions, too. Like I found early on here I go talking myself, my favorite subject. Um is you find yourself getting in a rut. It's almost like having the same playlist, you know? It's like, hey, I start with this, I ask that question. It's too freaking predictable. If I was listening to myself, I wouldn't listen anymore type of thing. Um, I got you. But let's talk about this. Sure. Let's talk about, so you're an artist out there. You're teaching. Thank God. I'm telling you, all the artists that I, most of my guests are teachers as well. And you're, oh, you're paying awesome. it forward and you're you're encouraging students and and it's, it's just a wonderful gift uh, to share, uh, so to speak. But what I found interesting about, and I spoke to your producer, Kyle, about, and if you don't mind, I'm going to relay the story we spoke about. Um, yeah. Kyle and his wife were listening to you in some bar, I guess, and you were playing, and uh, Kyle's wife had to say, hey, uh, uh, you, you listening to this? Because this guy's good. And boom, there was a connection between the two of you Kyle is a very, uh, as you said earlier, you know, very good artist uh, in his own right, and now, and now you've got a cheerleader and a champion by your side. What's what's that like? What's that like? Yeah, it's um, no, I remember that day too. You know, I was playing this little brunch gig by myself at a place that I played quite frequently, and it was a very slow afternoon. And do you want to mention uh, it? You want to plug it? They're actually closed now. All yeah. right, then we won't plug it. All right, <laughs> so. So you did a good job. Nice job. (laughs) Yeah, I did a nice job putting them out of business. Putting them out of business. Yeah. You you charged them too much. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was a fantastic place um, that was really a home, another home for me in terms of performing. It was great. I was their weekly resident. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I was playing this brunch and there was nobody there. And, um, you know, Kyle and his wife and son, I think all three of them were there. And yeah, and all I remember is uh, right after I finished the song, right when they were about to leave, you know, uh, he just walked over to me. He he threw me a tip and he goes, Hey, just want you to know that someone's listening. And that was, that really resonated. You know, that was a really nice. cool, 
like I actually, you know, and you walk out the door like, oh, thank God, you know, like because because I've played, <laughs> I've I've played, I've played. I don't want to say big, like you know, tens of thousands of people big, but I've played relatively big shows. I've played very, very small shows. I get all kinds, you know, but you know, all it takes is one person. I tell my colleagues this. I tell my friends and family. All it takes is if you're having a shitty night, just at least if one person is just like, "Hey, man, that was awesome." Boy, does that just like put a pep in your step, you know? Right. Um, right. But but yeah. So shortly after that, uh, his wife reached out to me on Instagram and was like, "Hey, just out of the blue, like." We saw you. Um, you were incredible at, uh, you know, at such and such. And, uh, you know, do you have any manage? Are you under management? Are you, are you under your contract? You ha- are you working with anybody? You know, my husband has c- connections. He's got a history in the industry. And that's kind of where we got connected. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's like having an angel drop into your, uh, into your lap, right? And, you know, you know it's interesting because I've heard in speaking to a lot of guests, they all have horror stories about promoters and producers, mm. you know who have uh, screwed them over, <laughs> to be honest with you. Sure. Oh, um, yeah. but, but to have someone that's promoting you, producing you, helping you along, who's an artist as well, uh, carries a lot of weight in my book, you know, as sure. far as um, they walk the walk and they, they talk the talk, you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. As, we blow, as, we blow, as I blow smoke up Kyle's skirt, if he's listening, so... <laughs> <laughs> So now you're an artist, you've played a lot of different venues. And I, I never asked this question, but how would you cra- characterize the genres that you live in? Does that make sense? The genres that I live in? Yeah. In other words, would you would you categorize yourself at all as like, oh, I'm a rocker, I'm a this or a that? Oh, or, okay. Or no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I was I being mean, kind of poetic. I was being poetic. I love it. I know. And I told I, you know, a little bit. I know, I know. I'm I, creative. I, yeah. I, I love it. Uh, um, you know, I, I am certainly a rocker at heart. I, I just, there's just so much more to me than that. You know, I, I did grow up, um, especially once the guitar got, I picked that up even before that, cause my dad was in bands, you know, classic rock and blues was like a major part of my household soundtrack, if you will. Okay. Um, major and like, you know, that'll never go away. I, 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 there's probably going to come a time in my life where I put out a blues album and I won't even think about it. You know what I mean? Because that's just, it's just like, like a, like a core memory, like way back here kind of thing where it's mm. like, I can't, you can't rip that out. You know, it's like, and I'm, and for no bad reason, cause it was all so, so influential to me. And, um, you know, so I have that influence. I've gone through so many phases of guitar, dumb guitar, dumb, you know, um, okay. with, with my instrument, like, I had a huge Leonard Skinner phase. I had a huge Southern rock phase. I had to learn Freebird. I had to record it at my guitar teacher's studio when I was 16 or maybe it was around around 16 or maybe a little bit younger, whatever. But right. it, it probably sounded like a 16 year old was playing it. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, I had the Southern rock phase and I, I kept getting it, it was kind of like a stair step into getting into more and more in my eyes, developed, accomplished, seasoned players, because I just got I was fascinated by the musicianship. You know, Um, and that's that's not to overshadow the fact that I still think that David Gilmore or B.B. King are two of the greatest and most influential players on this planet. But but just because they can't play stuff that um, Van Halen or Eric Johnson or Steve, I can play they're 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 on different feet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I, I, I think there's too much of a comparison in terms of technicality 
you know, oh, he's so fast. Oh, but he's got no feel. It's like, oh, man, that's such a juicy. Oh, but he can't play. It's like that's I wish that would just go. It's, it'll never go away. But but I try so hard to just it's just all one level playing field. And it's what they it's what they wanted to do, you know. So having said that, who are your musical heroes? So um, that beautifully weaves into me answering your previous question. So I had the Southern rock phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I, uh, crazy train, I was weird, weird shift here, but crazy train was the first song I ever performed live. It was for my sixth grade talent show. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now it sounded like a sixth grader played it, but okay. I remember one of my friends had been playing guitar for a little bit longer than me. And so I was like, huh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get going here. I gotta get as good as this kid. And he introduced me to that song and I was blown away. I was blown away. I'm like, who the hell is Randy Rhodes? I'm like, this dude is the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so he, I want to say Randy Rhodes was the first in my eyes, virtuoso level player that got me on this string of just over the years, over the decades. I can't believe I can say that now. It's like, that's kind of cool and weird at the same time. But right, um, of, right. of all of these fantastic players that I have just tried sucking dry in terms of learning as much as possible from them. So it was Randy Rhodes. Um, I had a huge Eric Johnson kick. I was blown okay. away when I heard him for the first time and I lost my only recording I did of Cliffs of Dover. It's a shame. I wish I had that somewhere, but I was, that's how obsessed I was obsessed with him. Um, I was obsessed with Paul Gilbert. Paul Gilbert's another huge, uh, huge influence on me. Um, Andy Timmons, who's toured with Eric Johnson. I, he's not as well known as the other guys, but mm-hmm. I, I put him easily on the same same level as all those guys. If, if, if you or anybody who's listening has never listened to Andy Timmons and you're a guitar aficionado or you just love guitar, he'll blow you away, blow you away. Um, John Petrucci of Dream Theater is a huge influence on me. Um, I actually, my first EP, I recorded um, at DTHQ with their audio and live sound engineer, Jimmy oh, T. Wow. Meslin. Yeah, so um, this the first track folks heard, uh, The Circle, that was there. So um, that was like the greatest feeling in the world to just the, the, the level of inspiration was just through the roof, you know, getting a chance to do that. Let me ask you this. So I want to bring the, the trumpet back into sure. the discussion. The discussion. Um, have you or do you plan on bringing horns into your music anytime? So. Or I is it something or is it something that just is not a fit? I guess maybe it, maybe it's not a fair question. Well, no, I think um, I think it's just as appropriate as, as, as what I've heard in music I like, like um, not to I, I feel like I'm always going back to your previous question. I don't want to hold up your questions, but that's right. You, you're making me dizzy. That's OK. <laughs> um, but I'm also not only a, not only a rocker, but, you know, I like I like hard rock. I like metal and I have been very influenced by players of that genre as well. So to touch upon your horn comment. Um, I'm a big Avenged Sevenfold fan. I okay. have probably spent more time learning their songs than most bands I've listened to. And they, in several tracks, have implemented the use of horns. I think it's a wonderful accent to music. I think live, it's fucking killer because right. everybody loves a live horn section with the band. Sure. Um, so I definitely, I would never cut that out as a possibility. I think it just, if the time comes and I'm like, oh, this song would sound great with this, or it's dice roll and you say, hey, what about some horns here? I, I, I'm open to everything always. If you had 
if I could was a genie and I could give you a wish and I asked you, hey, who do you want to play with? You pick it, they'll play with you. And where would you want to play with them? Oh, man. What type of venue? Hey, well, see, you challenged me, by the way. <laughs> by the way, your your big mistake was telling me how great my questions were. And I know that was a knee-jerk <laughs> thing, so you can't bullshit me. <laughs> okay. And you know what that did to me? That just made me go, all right, let's stump the Derek. I love it. What would I love it be, it. Derek? See, I'm in my bullshitting right now. This is see, this is this is a technique, brother. It's giving it. you time to think about your answer, and that's why I'm a kind host. Okay, ah, so I'm giving you I a wish. It. What's your, what would who would it be, and where would it be? So, and it can't be, and it can't be Kyle. Right? <laughs> oh, he's the man. But um, <laughs> yeah. So that's a very easy question to answer, and it's uh, okay. actually one of my influences I did not mention yet. Um, he has been. This this gentleman I'm about to mention has been a massively uh, massive influence on me for, you know, if I think about like how I told you, like the, over the course of the last two decades, it's been like I have a I have like phases. I have a this phase, a this phase, a this phase. The more recent part of my, you know, lifespan career in, in music, um, Richie Kotzen has blown me away time and time again. This this guy has. It's frustrating, actually. It would be terrifying to play with him because he's so good. Uh, he's he's such an incredible guitar player, and he is such an incredible singer. He's a songwriter. He puts out more songs than I can even count. He's just mm -hmm. it's he's the he's a total package. And my I just took my wife last uh, weekend to a little belated Valentine's Day thing for us because we never go out actually on Valentine's Day. We yeah, always try to you know, it's yeah, too, yeah come on they, come you on. get the bums no. rush right yeah yeah so we got to and we got a chance to see Richie Kotzen. he's in a trio a power trio called the Winery Dogs okay and that's Richie Kotzen on guitar and vocals Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater who I love Mike on drums and um, Billy Sheehan on bass who Richie's played with in years past and to date that's the most that's the best show I've ever seen live. Really? I walked out, I walked out of there. It was at Padge Hawk Theater. I have never walked out of a concert venue more inspired than I did that night. I was nice. blown. And it was my first time getting a chance to finally see him live. So I would absolutely say him. Venue, whichever venue would not make me explode like like a <laughs> hitting the head off a dandelion from sheer nerves. Um, you know, something I could handle. No, but I, anything. I just to get a chance to even talk with him and just pick his brain and 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 you know it, it would yeah that would make that would make everything for me i would be so humbled and just grateful to 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 chat with him let alone even pick up a guitar next to him let me well that leads me to another question you know you've you've played bigger arenas right um relatively yeah <laughs> no re relatively uh, a couple hundred people at least yeah yeah okay yeah and are you more nervous because there's more people um I tell you what, um, I, and maybe this makes you sound like a hypocrite, but I know I, I, I thrive off of it. Okay. You no, know, I think, I think there's going to be always that maybe that initial first few seconds of, I call right. it dumb, dumb fingers, you know, or, or you get a little too tense, but, um, I truly thrive off of it. And I think as somebody who loves to write music that has a, a certain kind of energy to it, you know, whatever they give, whatever they're giving me, they're going to get back tenfold in right. terms of a performance um yeah you know what is you bring up a good point i think you know if you get in that point of your career and i i i do public speaking and i kind of miss it i want to do more of it is that if you don't get that tickle or that nervousness 
uh, you're probably not focused and you're probably taking, you're, you're potentially mm. phoning it in mm. to a mm. point. And that's probably um, uh, a good red flag to say, hey, maybe I better reanalyze on what I'm doing. Sure, sure. Before, before we get lost in, in these great conversations, and by the way, and I don't say this to every guest, I want to have you back because I think there's more for us to discover with you and, and to learn from you, to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I do I'm humbled, thank you. No, it's, it's okay. Don't don't be too humble. Come on, you got to promote yourself. You, you you know you're the you're I the would bad. Absolutely you're, love to. Yeah yeah, I'm the bomb. Say that I'm the bomb. You I know? can't do that. <laughs> Not without laughing. Are you kidding me? Like, well, I'm going to tell the audience. Listen to his music, and you're going to be turned around. And any guitar or music aficionado out there who thinks I've heard somebody really good, when when you hear um, uh, Derek's guitar playing, it'll blow you away. No, I appreciate. Tell that. me about the song Home. And then we'll jump in and let the audience uh, listen to it. Cool. Um, so Home is track three off of my first EP called Silver Lining. It's the closest thing to a more ballad-esque song of the four. Uh, the fourth one, which um, I would love to promote on this as well for everybody to listen to. The fourth one is not going to be, uh, it's not in, not in this podcast. Maybe we'll save that for the, for the next one. Okay. Um, Ooh, teaser. But, I like it. <laughs> but um, yeah, home is, uh, that's a song. And I'm trying to, I, I like to reference these questions you've asked me prior. So mm -hmm. lyrics or melody. So I was with my bass player, Joe. He's a very dear friend of mine. Incredible, incredible person, incredible player. Does he have um, a last name? Yes. In Serrano, Joe in Serrano. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, um, best bud. And uh, we were just kind of bullshitting. I think I, I think it was a night that it was just the two of us. I think that our our drummer at the time, who still a very dear friend, no no bad blood there, incredible musician, but our mm -hmm. drummer at the time couldn't make it, and we're like, fuck it, like let's just let's get together and throw some ideas around. You know, maybe we will sure. work on present material. And a couple of drinks here and there, what have you. And I, I just remember vamping on a series of three little sections quarterly, you know, just just harmonically like I'm like, hey, man, just kind of lay down these these roots for me. I'm going to play some chords. And I just was um, just humming tunes, you know, no lyrics, mm -hmm. just humming tunes. And instantly I recorded it and I threw it on my phone and I had everything. And I came back to him a while after. and I'm like, I think I have a song. And, um, so I had this harmonic and, and, and melodic foundation. And then, um, are we telling the audience what the songs are about or what do you think? Or should we just let it leave it's it to, to them? You're, you're the artist. I don't like yeah, to yeah. You, you so, feel free, free, feel free to discuss. Yeah. What you want to. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a very brief, but it's basically to put it in a nutshell. It's just one of a few songs I've written. That's kind of, um, a, a general, just, you know, um, I guess what the hell is going on in the world kind of thing, you know, um, the whole, uh, puppet on shit a string show. thing. Yeah. That's the shit show, the puppet on a string, the, you know, what's, what's real, what's not like we're in such a world of, of, of information, but the irony is, and the irony is like, but what's, what's the real info? Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's just to kind of touch upon it. So it's just kind of like a, like, like, like kind of like a, what the fuck song, you know, like what's going on. Right. So that's kind of, you know, this is our home. This is like, you know, we got to, we got to just, you know, I think anybody should in any, any sense, well, you always got to stand up for, for yourself. And it, it kind of has a more individual relationship to it too, where it's like, stand up for yourself always, you know, and so that kind of inner voice and um, yeah, big on the inner voice. Cool. All right. So let's listen to home.
and we'll be right back after the song. Check it out, everybody. Hey, everybody, we're back with Derek Adam, and I know I'm going to get calls on the listener line. Now, let me just mention this. We do have a listener line, and if you want to comment on anybody, but if you want to send Derek Adam a message, call 631-800-3579. That's our listener line. You can leave a recorded message. I share it with the artists. Uh, People have been great in giving feedback and giving their impressions of what you know, a particular song meant meant to them because I'm telling you, as as Derek said, it means a lot. 
uh, to an artist to say, Hey, this, this, this hit home with me and this is part of my soundtrack now. So, uh, uh, call, call the listener line. But I, I do want to get all our songs in that you brought to the table today. And tell me about the fourth song used, and then we'll jump right into it and let the audience hear it. And then we've got a special segment at the end here. We're going to go a little deep uh, with the audience and with Derek. So, you know, <laughs> stick to the end of the podcast. I think you'll like it. Anyway, you take it away, Derek. Oh, used. sure, man. Yeah. Um, so used. So used. I think so all so this fourth track that I was teasing about our you know our our hopefully projected next uh, next session you know with some some hopefully new material by then um but but use uh, and and these other three tracks they all bring something different to the table and that's one thing I was proud of um with this EP was that every song is different every song um is different enough to be uh, not stand on its own for lack of better words but at the same time i wanted these songs to all i wanted always to seem cohesive enough to where you're like that's his song you know right i, I but i but like but like i told you before the this predictability i i, I just i always love to just my mind kind of goes you know and this song um i think i really focused more on well, let me, I guess I can preface it with what I wrote it about. So this song okay. is, is loosely written about an ex of mine. And I kind of, I was like, yeah, let's make this like a kind of attitude filled, not, not breakup song. I don't want, it's not a breakup song. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, it's just almost kind of like, um, a like lament. Oh, yeah. Like, Oh, how you doing over there now? You know, after all this time has <laughs> passed kind of thing, you know, like you weren't, right, that great, right. you weren't, yeah, you weren't a great, you weren't not a great person and, and let's talk about it kind of thing. So that's, <laughs> I'm being like half serious, but that's, so it was loosely mm. written about, about some things in my past and I had fun with it. I had total fun with it. And, oh, um, great. yeah. And it's got this very like kind of shuffle, shuffly kind of like feel to it. You know, that, that intro riffs like, you can kind of really feel this, the, the little bit of swing to it. And I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I think that this song, I wasn't, I, I was more kind of like accepting of like, you know, the less chords, the better. I want this to be some kind of swanky riffing song. Okay. Um, a little bit more straightforward rock -y kind of tune, but then go figure. I pull a Derek and the second half of the song is like a totally different song. So, so after, um, I guess you'd call it the last pre-chorus. There's this just double time, 200 beat per minute, like just large outro that's full of lyrics. Um, it, it really, one of my favorite vocal moments I had in the studio recording this. Great guitar moments. Um, I'm, I'm not tooting a horn. I just just it just felt great in the moment. You know sure. everything and um, and uh, and uh, yeah, everything just it, it's just it's a cool. It's a very like not bipolar um per se but yeah it's one song and then it's another song and i um well you yeah. can almost you can almost equate it to now that you reference what it's about the time with the person <laughs> and the time after the person right you yeah. know it's it it's kind actually, of actually actually I think subconsciously i did that lyrically so maybe whoever listens to it, i have to even think about it in my head now that Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Long Island Sound couch because I, you know, we're going to, we're, you're going to discover things here that the artists are going to go, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just made me have my own giant light bulb. I'm like, oh, shit. Steve, <laughs> Steve is a genius. <laughs> I am good. 
Yeah. And I'm not you afraid to say it because I think <laughs> humility is overrated. I'm just saying. Hey, everybody, let's it. let's check out used and uh, and then hang on for that really special segment, which puts a lot of pressure on the two of us. Check <laughs> out used, and we'll be right back after the song.
Hey, everybody, it's Steve Yuskin. I always say, hey, everybody, like, hey, everyone, like, you know, there's 10,000 people out. Anyway, hello there, person listening to the podcast, because it's, <laughs> I'm in your head now, or we're in your head. Um, you know, I, I was doing my little bit of homework on Derek, and I pulled up a quote from Facebook, and it really kind of struck me. So I want to read it to you. And this is from Derek. If you never face your fears, then you will always be running away from something. Don't dwell on then. Embrace now. Push yourself to tears and over your limits. And when the day is done, you'll be one step above yesterday. It's just beautiful. And I read this to oh, Derek yeah. during the break. And he had like this weird moment because that was written a while ago, right? Yeah. Holy shit. That was, um, what, better part of 10 years ago? Okay. Well, it's or somewhere around there. Very philosophical, yeah. but, but it's, it illustrates something to me in the mind of an artist. Um, and as I get older, uh, I lament to myself of, trying to be more present to people when I'm with people, you know, it's a struggle sometimes, you know, thinking about the past, thinking about what's coming up, but you kind of lay it out, particularly in the line, don't dwell on the then embrace now. And that's what music is to me, particularly live music. It's in the present, it's here and it's gone, but it's now. Nothing and like it. I find what you're, you guys have gifts, okay? There's the musical woodshedding, the instrument gift. There is the songwriting gift. There is the uh, embracing what you do and putting it on the line and performing and entertaining us and speaking for the regular Joes and Marys out there who uh, once in a while go, hey, wow, you really touched me in, in what you said. So, um I, I just kind of found, I, I wrote that down because I just found that fascinating what you had to say, you know? I, uh, I thank you for doing that. And I'm, I'm very blown away um, at your reaction in the, in the most appreciative way possible because that was written um, now that I kind of remember, but that was written during not the greatest time of my life. You know, mm. I, um, it really wasn't. I was, uh, you know, I was home after, after college um, and, and where I lived. Um, the best part about where I lived was my family and friends. But as far as any sort of musical career, it was just nothing in sight. And, you know, many nights ended up with a bottle of whiskey and my guitar in my room. Mm. That's all it was day after yeah, that day. Could, after that day. could be a dangerous road for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I have, you know, and it's, that's something that I um, am always so happy to share because it's not happy to share, but not, I don't, I, I withhold none of that because, um, you know, I, th I think that in, in those little moments of uh, maybe I was writing that to myself, that quote, you know, and to just right. remind myself to like, you, know, you keep, keep at it and, and just don't give up. And, and I'm almost listening to you say that quote as if someone else wrote it. Cause it was a, almost a little bit of a different version of me and B so long ago that it actually strikes a different kind of chord with me. And I think that everybody can learn something from, from that, not me tooting my own horn in terms of a philosopher, but the biggest struggle I have as a person is comparing myself to others, especially mm. those I look up to. And I sure. think that that's always been the biggest threat 
to my to my musicianship um my you know my development as a person and i think that the biggest piece of advice i could give anybody which i'm sure i'm stealing from someone else this is not original by any means oh, we all borrow right yeah 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 i said i'm sure i am no i am but um <laughs> you know we always you always just want to like whatever you do whatever you strive to do you know the only comparison that you should have is yourself and i think that if you always work on bringing yourself a notch up you're doing the best you're you're doing your best work and i think that's a really that's one of the most mentally healthy things you can do because especially in this age of just oh my god the shit that i see on instagram like i'm you know we're lucky that anybody plays an instrument because you see right. these these individuals on the, and 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 the screwed up thing is like this is not the majority, the, but some of them, it's not even real. You know, they're, 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 there's actually a degree, and I read something about that, but, you know, and I'm not going to get too into that, but, like, I've, I've, I've caught a couple where I'm like, you're, you're really taking advantage of people who think that you're blowing them away, and, like, it, it's artificial, it's sped up, or there's some, there's, there's some editing, but regardless, not to ramble, yeah, just yeah, but you know yourself. What, what's interesting in, in that quote, and two things, I... I I got to write more poetry, but on occasion I'll write, I'll write poetry. Right. Oh, awesome. Um, a lot of times it's in the morning. Um, uh, I live on the South shore. So we have the ability to see the winter sunrises on the South shore. Absolutely phenomenal. And look me up on Facebook. You'll see some of the photos I took, um, through a security camera of all things, a pan tilt, some security cameras. It's <laughs> a business I'm in. Anyway. Um, what, what's interesting and I've, I've, I've thought about this in the past, even when it comes to like scriptures that you've heard over and over, the same thing over and over again. The thing that's changed is you over time. Like you said, you know, you wrote that 10 years ago, but now you have the gift of hearing it back to yourself uh, and revisiting it maybe when times are better now and getting getting something from that. So that's the beauty sure. of poetry and music, yeah. particularly something you create. You can go back and reflect and and maybe remember a difficult time that it's okay to remember now and now take a lesson, take a lesson from yourself. Right. Sure. And, yeah. and, and bring it forward. But um, yeah. Hey, Derek, I want to, I just want to say this. Thank you for spending so much time uh, with me, a good friend, my friend, Bob Murray. Uh, and I end many of my podcasts this way says, you know, you could, you can account for what you have in the bank and what you own. You can never account for the time you have left on earth. And the fact that you've given me Amen. a couple hours here, uh, is a real blessing, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you out on the circuit and and seeing what else you're going to come up with. And man, write a song about this. This come on, it's right here. Just just no, write I got a, all the info. I got all the all the influence I need right here, man. That's it. Yeah, come on. You know, um, I know. If you want me to sing, I'll sing on your next song. But no, perfect. <laughs> yeah, horrible. I see those guitars behind you. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. A little bit, a little bit. Hey, um, I, but, but truly it's, um, this was a total privilege. You don't have to thank me for anything. I was so happy to do this. I was so happy to be asked. Um, and, and, and like I said, you know, all, all, all we ever have to hear is one person say that they're interested in us on, on musical level, uh, you know, and it, and it, and it makes, makes my whole week. This, 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 this was, I was so looking forward to this, you know? Cool, um, man. All right. Yeah, so you will come you. back then. I would most definitely love to come back. And we got to coerce uh, Kyle to come in too. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have the both of you. We'll see. We'll see how that works. I out. love it. I love it. All right, everybody. Be well. We'll see you next time. Look up Derek Adam. You're going to love his music. And uh, I'm going to look back at this years from now and go, yeah, I knew him when. You know? Uh, All right. Be well, everybody. Take care. Steve, thanks, brother. Cheers.
Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thank you.